Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Foundation Church Podcast, where we desire to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and I'm with Jason Williams, the Senior Pastor of Foundation Church. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about creating culture, um, how culture is created. We feel this topic is vital to lay in the foundation of how to take back evangelism and get it back into the church's culture today. And this is specifically talking about an evangelistic culture, um, one that is built on evangelism, the Great Commission, and one that where you're going out and you're bringing people to Christ. Um, that's the culture we're looking at. And, you know, but to do that, to create a culture uh, in general, you have to understand what culture is, and you have to understand how it's created. You know, we're glad you joined us today on this late September Monday. It's a little bit hot outside, but it is cooling down here in North Carolina. It's getting to where it's uh, kind of getting in the 60s, sometimes the 70s, if we're lucky. So it's, it's feeling pretty good. It is feeling pretty good. As a matter of fact, this kind of weather makes you really want to be outside, and it becomes yep. more and more tolerable actually being outside. But I am super excited, um, Austin, for this podcast series because culture is so powerful, and it is so moving. It really dictates everything that goes on inside the church. And uh, every church has a culture, uh, and every church has a culture that they hope to have, and I believe our listeners would all desire to have an evangelistic culture in their church, and this why, that's why I believe this podcast is so important. Yep, and just like, as we're moving into this topic, you know, Jason, culture, okay, you know, what is it? What is culture? Well, I would say that culture is a set of of norms, beliefs, and behaviors. That's actually the definition that you can look up. Set of norms, belief, and behaviors of an individual or group of people. And so we would say, in essence, culture is how people feel and actually behave. Yeah. And, you know, I know you're in the process of writing a book, uh, and that's actually where you state that definition. And in chapter two, you just go into what culture is, um, and you state that definition and go into a few other things. And a statement you make and build off of is for us to understand culture better, you believe it is best to look at how culture is created. So why do you believe that is the best route, looking at how it's created? What, what makes that the best? Because culture is already alive. I mean, the world is living by culture. Churches have culture. Businesses have culture. Um, and so that culture that's already been created has been created by a pathway. And I think it's best for us to look within the culture or of a church or a business and really talk about four things um, that really actually create the pathway for culture to become fresh and alive. Once we can identify what creates culture, we know how to drive it. We know how to steer it. Now, yep. it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes prayer. It takes God yep. to get to an evangelistic-type culture. But looking at these things helps us understand maybe some of the roadblocks, uh, some of the walls and barriers that may be keeping us back from an evangelistic culture in the church today. Okay, so you know, four things that you really... Um, highlighted in this book and the content we're talking about is, you know, four things that really um, kind of create culture. I d direct it. And one of them is education, you know, what we know. So how does education, you know, what we know, what knowledge we currently have, or even the things we maybe learned in school, learn from our parents, 
learn from people within the church, learn from people in business? You know, how does that affect culture in general? That's, that's a great question. I would like to say to our listeners, we're going to talk about the four areas, and I just want to list them, and then we'll unpack them. Education is the first thing that creates culture. Then it's experiences, then it's beliefs, and then it's behavior. And we believe when it uh, impacts behavior, that's when culture has really taken root and become vital uh, to whatever organization or organism that it's, it's actually being carried out with. Yeah. But education, uh, we talk about education from the standpoint of what we know. What people actually know about a particular subject or a matter is what creates their culture. So if I know uh, the importance of evangelism and I know uh, that God has called me to share and I know that through the, the teaching and the training someone else has given me how to do that effectively, it helps enhance and create that culture of evangelism. And so I, I really would say, you know, as we look at education, we have to look at what do we actually know? What do people actually know about a particular subject, about a particular direction, a particular path? We have to examine that because that's what's creating people's culture. Yeah. Um, you know, I... In school, when it came to education, I was very poor uh, in my educational experience when it came to mathematics. Um, what I knew was very limited. So if you put me in a room full of algebra students, yep. I'm not going to thrive. Uh, uh, I struggle with math uh, because of my limited knowledge. So if you put someone in a room and you're challenging them to be evangelistic, but they don't have a clear understanding of what the gospel is because the average American Christian uh, may not, uh, and if they don't have a clear-cut path on how to share the gospel, then that culture that you want to create is probably not going to be created because yep. what they know is so limited, so they can't thrive when it comes to evangelism. Yep, and that, that's really good stuff. So, I mean, we looked at education and, you know, looking at experiences, you know, things we've been through. Um, one thing I immediately think of is maybe like a plant, like an environment, okay? Yes. The plant grows and is able to either thrive or it's going to be weakened in its environment. So if you look at maybe like a vine on your front porch, it grows around the post, it grows around a tree, so it's affected by its environment, and it takes hold of its environment also. You know, obviously we can't compare that to us because, you know, we can grow um, in bad circumstances, but whenever we look at things that we maybe been through, maybe we didn't have someone share the gospel with us. For example, I think you've shared that before, even on this yeah. podcast. Maybe you had 18 years to where you didn't hear about it. Yes. And so that could bur drive a burning passion and a culture within someone already to where they've been through this and they're ready to go at it. But maybe someone who was shared grew up in church and heard about it since birth, Yes. you know, nursery rhymes. Um, they're going to be a little bit different in that because it's kind of something that's been passive, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. at least in my mind. Yeah, I think people's experience have shaped their thinking. It shapes how they live. Uh, and let's just face it, not all of our experiences are good. Some people mm -hmm. maybe listening to this podcast were evangelism was forced upon them. Yep. And so people were very pushy about it. And so maybe that causes you to resist the idea of being someone who's very active in the community and sharing the gospel. Uh, maybe... Maybe your fear that has stemmed from some rejection, that experience where you tried to share and maybe you lost your job, maybe you rejected in some way, and that's caused you to 
Bill Gunshy when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, evangelism in the local church. So everybody's experiences have have shaped and alters their perception as well as their pathway in some cases. Now, what we hope is through our experiences that we're still being faithful, the good experiences and the difficult experiences, we're still being faithful to the gospel. But nevertheless, if you are a pastor, a church leader, if you're someone that's even inside of a body, your experiences and what you've been through have helped shape to where you are today. And we have to take a look at that because it's either helping you be active in sharing the gospel or it's hindering you in being active in sharing the gospel. Yeah, and even my insecure my insecurities whenever I was, you know, growing in Christ, that really was based off experiences I had. Okay, I was rejected by people in school. I was rejected by people outside of school. So it was like I couldn't find a place. And so that affected me with sharing the gospel, with trying to become a leader. You know, it affected me in so so many different areas that I didn't even see it happening. I didn't see it affecting me and I didn't realize that it was fear that was causing this. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a very valid point, um, and you've carried some of the insecurity with you. And uh, to our listeners, you know, uh, the beauty of serving together is, is you know people's strengths and their weaknesses, mm-hmm. and I have my own weaknesses. And uh, to see you growing, though, despite those insecurities that were developed through negative and bad experiences that you had when people either put you down, belittle you, made fun of you, whatever it may have been that caused this insecurity, uh, you're now seeing God do something good in your life. Yep. But some of that's having to be erased and removed by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can be effective at evangelism. Yep. And and I think our listeners are probably experiencing some of the same things. As a matter of fact, some of the, the trials and the struggles that our listeners are probably going through it's really what's got people's minds and attention rather than thinking, oh, that person that just passed me mm-hmm. may not know the Lord. Or the person that is at my checkout counter um, in the grocery store, they may not know the Lord. I may need to engage them, but mm-hmm. yet we're so uh, concerned and we're so upset about what we're going through, these experiences. We can't be open-minded to the people around us. Yeah, and you just got to remember, it's definitely the Holy Spirit that done that work. I mean, it's not to raise me up in any way. It's yes. just sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and that's part of our experience. Absolutely. It, it helps erase the bad experiences and replace them with God-honoring experiences and experiences that God can take us through certain situations we've dealt with in the past. Um, to move on to the next um, thing we're going to talk about is beliefs, you know, what we value that is good and bad, you know, what we see as good, what we see as bad. Um, Jason, as we look at beliefs, and we know that our beliefs are shaped through God's Word, the Bible, mm-hmm. um, so how does that directly affect uh, the culture and evangelistic culture? That's a great question, and I, w- I want our listeners to think I'm a visual learner. I want you to think of it as a funnel um, in, you know, when I'm pouring motor oil into my vehicle, uh, I will use a funnel. And, and, and I start pouring that motor oil, but the goal is to get the oil, the motor oil, inside the vehicle, uh, inside the engine. Um, when we think of creating culture, now we're specifically talking about evangelism culture, think of it that education and experiences is, is what we're pouring into that funnel that's leading to the culture that's already in place yep. in our churches that we're trying to impact. And so we're trying to lead to an evangelism culture, but people's education and sometimes their experiences or lack thereof have caused a distraction from evangelism. 
Yeah. Well, what I want you to think is education and experience actually leads to beliefs. And so, and we're going to get to the place in just a moment where we talk about behaviors. But what we do know is what people value uh, is good and bad. And yep. What people actually believe about God. And we know that the Scripture addresses that we have a faulty view of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at the story where Jesus begins to describe, you know, if a son asks for bread, is the father going to give him a serpent or stone? No. But what, what's that text doing? It's attacking man's mentality and their viewpoint that God is not going to give us something good. Yep. Because of our sinful flesh, we have that. And so people's current beliefs is unfortunately, uh, in many cases, negatively impacting the church to do the work of evangelism. And what we have been educated, uh, for instance, someone who has been educated that, you know, in the end, uh, everybody's going to have an opportunity to be saved. Uh, no, people's opportunity to be saved is now. And if they reject the gospel, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ... When you slip off into eternity, you can't be prayed back out. Yep. You can't be let back out of out of hell. The only hope for people is Jesus Christ today. That's why the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. So people's beliefs is, is literally driving the culture that's currently existing in the church. If they believe that the church is all about the current context of people that's there, and they're not looking beyond the four walls of the church, the church will not be evangelistic. We exist for the glory of God to spread the good news to all nations. Uh, We're here to minister each other in the church services and the small groups that we have. It's like a big pelt rally and a fellowship moment where we encourage each other and we equip each other and we motivate each other. But the whole goal is not that we huddle up and just be so consumed with ourselves. Mm -hmm. The driving belief should be we're called to reach all nations. Yep. We're called to go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah, and I mean, even with beliefs, and I kind of thought that pops into my head at this point, is if you look at you know, someone who may believe, okay, I can be prayed out of heaven, you know, that's, that leads to a passive culture. You're going to be passively just kind of sitting back, okay, we have time. Okay, there's time for us to get to this point. You know, we, can, we don't have to think in the here and now. We can do what we want now and then do it later. You know, and that, that's the wrong way of thinking because you're going to have people who are going to miss opportunities to hear the gospel, to hear about Jesus Christ. Well, a common question is, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? Mm-hmm. And, and the right response to that is, is God is a holy God. He's not just loving, but he's holy. He's got to deal with sin or he would no longer be holy. And he would not meet the responsibilities and the demands that it takes for someone to be forgiven and be clean uh, through the power of and the blood of Jesus Christ. And so it's important to know what people's beliefs are. And many times people's current beliefs is actually negatively impacting the passion, the energy, and the drive for the church to be evangelistic. Yeah, and I mean, if we just sat here, done podcasts, and didn't go out try to reach people, I mean, what are we really accomplishing? Well, we're saying it's really about us. Exactly. And so that's not God's mission. No, it's not. And, you know, one thing to think about, I mean, these are hard questions too, you know, talking about um, hell, why would a loving God send someone to hell? These are hard questions. You know, these are hard ones we have to look at. Um, and that's really been discussed for how long? Maybe over 2,000 years for the longest time. So, I mean, it's stuff that's hard to deal with, but it's things that have to be addressed within our beliefs. When God's made it clear in His Word, and if we really knew the Bible, 
I think we have to address this. Bible literacy is is something of an uh, that is it's it's literally causing a strangle when it comes to evangelism. The Bible's very clear. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's plan is very clear. He doesn't want people to go to hell. The only reason they go there is because they reject Jesus. So really, people are sending themselves. Now, God is carrying out the action of justice and righteousness and holiness because people reject him. Uh, but again, it all comes to a faulty belief. What people are educated with, uh, the experiences they have, can actually lead to the beliefs that they carry. Yep, and going from beliefs, we're going to move into you know, behavior, and that's how we live. That's what we do. Um, you know, you can definitely see how that's going to affect culture because if you have a group of people that are living defeated, a group of people who are living in fear, what's that going to drive out? It's going to drive out a fearful culture. It's going to drive out a culture of people who are very passive and defeated and feel like, okay, there's no way I could share the gospel. There's no way I could reach this many people. There's no way I can impact my communities. That's what we will create. I mean, if we're living that way, and if we're living defeated, living fearful, it's going to create that culture almost instantaneously. Yes, and I think it's very important to know not only do we have a lot of people paralyzed by fear today, yep, but we have a lot of people paralyzed by consumerism. The American church is notorious for this, being consumers. Yep. So it's about us. It's about what makes us feel good. You come and bless me today, and uh, that's what I'll say is a good church. But the church... Is called to live in harmony. The church is called to live in unity uh, through self-abandonment. Mm-hmm. That's not consumerism. We're actually supposed to deny self. And the reason we deny ourselves is so that we can stimulate each other. So we're actually thinking about each other, and we're motivated to encourage and pray and challenge and confront if needed so that we can carry out the good works that God has created that we would walk in. And those good works are making disciples. Those good works are sharing the gospel in our communities and around the world. But we oftentimes are driven by a behavior. How we live stems from uh, our education, our experiences, and our beliefs. That leads to behavior, which is ultimately how you know what kind of culture your church has. And I'm going to tell you, there are many times as a pastor, just looking at how Oftentimes, there's such a select few of people that seem to be so passionate about reaching people with the gospel. Even I struggle realizing Mm -hmm. there's a culture that's eroding the culture that we desire and pray for. Now, I'm thankful to be a part of a body uh, here at Foundation Church that we're doing a lot in the community, but there's a lot more we're supposed to be doing. Yep. Um, There's a lot more that we're supposed to be uh, involved in so that we can carry out the gospel. But consumerism, as well as fear, is some of those things that's driving people's behavior today. Yeah, and let's look at this kind of a visual with these four things to look at. I think it would be good. So for me in my life, okay, I knew very little, I would say, about the gospel, knew very little about Christ, knew very little about God. So that caused me not to feel like I can share. So then that led to, okay, I don't really know much. I've been through these experiences that caused me to feel insecure, feel like I'm not good enough to be able to do any of that. So then that led into the belief that I'm not good enough, into the belief that I can't do this. You know, but it was all centric to me. It was more of a consumerism mentality because it's just focused on me. It's not focused on what God can do to the people around me. And so that led to me living that out. 
because it's something that you are going to live out. If you have all three of these things activated, so to speak, it's going to lead to this behavior that is obviously not like God and not what God commissioned. Yes, I agree 100%. And that's a great analogy by using the illustration of your own life and your own education, your own experiences, your own beliefs that's led to your own behaviors. Um, But obviously, no matter what our experiences are, what our beliefs are, what our education has been, we all can grow and mature. And, uh, yep. and that's the goal, so that we can create a culture of evangelism. And I would say to our listeners that just as we talked in the previous, um, I mentioned this in the previous podcast, Paul, who was in prison uh, and actually detained on house arrest, just keeps sharing the gospel. Uh, his belief was he was called to preach the gospel and live it out no matter where he was. And so he tells the church at Philippi, look, that's what I'm doing. Uh, and then he says, and many people are becoming much more bold. So if you, if you want to be a part of the solution and see your church create a culture where evangelism is alive and well, then start living it yourself. Start talking about it. Start educating. Start showing you believe that the gospel is important to share. And I promise you, God can use your testimony and your light with the gospel to erratically change, literally supernaturally, your church so it can have the culture of evangelism. Yeah. And so uh, just to review a little bit before we kind of get to the closing point, we, we talked about education, we talked about our experiences, our beliefs, and our behavior. All four of these kind of coincide, and they all drive each other together as it is into creating culture. And as I was researching this topic, as well as looking the content that Jason had created previously, you know, by writing this book, you know, I was looking at some popular articles. I was looking at some articles that were um, on the internet. And so, you know, the first step normally for each of the articles I've seen, it was for businesses. Uh, most of them were for companies. And it's defining what your company or business's culture and values look like. Yes. I mean, that was the first thing to look at was what do I want it to look like? Okay, um, how do I want this to look? And they have to define what they want their culture and values to look like for any business, for any company. But for us as believers, it's already defined. Yes. I mean, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, for us Christians, it's laid out. Go, therefore, and make disciples. It's really that simple. But it's really not simple because there's people's previous culture are, is just eroding what we already have or trying to create. And, you know, businesses have that. It can, if you have someone that is, I would say, toxic or it can infect your culture. And, you know, I've seen it in a business happen before. Um, I've, in the previous company I used to work for, I've seen it. You know, negative culture can affect what you try to create. Yes. And so if you've got somebody that's passive about evangelism and think it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. then that's going to negatively impact a culture that you hope would be created or sustained when it comes to evangelism. And um, and as we state here, the current culture that people have will erode what you're trying to create. Yep. And so that's why it's important to know what creates culture and a good exercise for pastors and even business leaders if you're looking at trying to create some kind of culture is to, to actually sit down and write out, what do you want the culture to be? Mm-hmm. What do you want the values to be? Because values are, again, your beliefs that ultimately are leading to behaviors. But in that exercise, you have to take a look. What, when it look at my audience, and what is the education, what is the experiences, what is the beliefs 
that actually are leading to behaviors, this culture uh, that currently or presently exist in their lives so that you can get to the place because culture can be shifted. Yep. And that's the important part of this podcast. If you're going to take back evangelism in, in, in the church, you got to know that culture by the power of God can be shifted, but it's created in a certain way. So how's it going to be shifted? By taking a look at education, taking a look at experiences, taking a look at beliefs, and then identifying behaviors, and then moving in a direction to educate, to give good experiences, to give right uh, beliefs and right behaviors that w- to create a new culture, or in this case, an evangelism culture. Yep. So let's reiterate it. Education, experiences, beliefs, and behavior. Take a look at those. I mean, keep just keep it pressed in your brain um, until the next podcast. You know, we're going to go a little bit deeper into this uh, set of topics on how to take back evangelism, go more, more deeper. So there's many opportunities for you to be connected here at Foundation Church um, as well online. Um, on every Monday at 7.30 p.m., we have a... Um, uh, premiere. We have it with our sermons um, and where I have an online church. We actually had our worship just added an end this past week. So it was actually really cool to see that and see how people were connected even with the worship. Um, that's big for us here. You know, you get to connect with people, connect online. Um, that's definitely an awesome thing to see. And so we'll see you next episode. Take care.